0: Please say amen. (laughs) And it reads, So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again, and the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. May God bless the readers, hearers, and doers of his holy and divine word.
1: Amen. Pray with me. Hear me? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious, eternal, heavenly Father, we do thank you for your amazing sacrifice that was done for us, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Father, we do pray this morning that as Father, we dig into your word together that you would speak to us, that you would give us clarity, give us wisdom. And Father, will you help us to understand the power of the resurrection, God, that our lives will continue to be transformed in in light of this truth. Take my mind, take my heart, take my thoughts, take everything about me and use me for your glory. For Lord, I'm here to serve you I'm here to serve your people. Use me now, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated in the Lord's presence. Amen. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. I'm getting a little feedback, thank you. We've been in a series entitled The Controversy of Christ and I have been so excited Uh, regarding this series because we've been able to examine and kind of dig into why we call this series the Controversial Christ. But I think that when you go back and you study the Gospels, one cannot help but see and recognize that Jesus was controversial. In the beginning of our series, we first dealt with the controversy over salvation. How did Jesus begin to say things like, I'm the bread of life. If any man eat of me, he will never die. And that caused a lot of controversy. Last week, we dealt with the controversy concerning his deity. As Jesus himself claimed that he is, and was at that time, he was talking, the God-man. And we talked about last week that the religious leaders of that day considered that to be blasphemous, and one of the reasons why they crucified him. Today I want to talk about the subject of the resurrection. Say resurrection. Resurrection. There is nothing that gets me more excited than the resurrection. As I think about the resurrection and as I read about it, Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 2, he had talked about how that he wanted more than anything else to experience the power of the resurrection, and he understood that there was that there was something a uh, 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 very powerful, something very wonderful of being able to get up from the dead. Many of you have received Jesus Christ as your Savior. I believe the majority, if not all of you, from the moment that you receive Christ as your Savior, you must understand that you were raised from the dead at that moment. Before, you were a dead man walking. You gave your life to Christ, all of a sudden the Bible says that God quickened you. He gave you life. But there's also a kind of resurrection that goes beyond that, whereby our bodies will be transformed. I know you all spend an awful lot of time trying to fix it up, but you must understand understand that the time is coming when that body will be no more. And so we talk about this controversy concerning the resurrection, concerning all that Jesus did, really, because there was also a lot of controversy concerning him, uh, you know, around him about all the different things that he said and did. But we must understand and never forget that Jesus came into a world that was determined to have his own way because of his nature. Because of who he is, controversy was inevitable. And so we want to jump into this morning, into this subject about the controversy concerning the resurrection. How many know that there's still controversy today? They are still trying to say that perhaps it never happened. Perhaps it's a hoax. But those of us who've been transformed by it, we know that the resurrection is real. And we'll talk this morning as we dig into the word of God together, how powerful, and how wonderful this truth is. Turn with me to John chapter number 11. You should already be there. Get him some feedback. We should already be there in verses 17 through 27. Let me kind of set the story for you. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus and Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And Jesus had gotten word that Lazarus was sick. Normally, when you hear that somebody is sick, one of the things you try to do, particularly if somebody you love, you want to try to get there as soon as possible. But, but this wasn't just a regular sickness. This was a sickness really unto death. Jesus kind of take his time getting there. And he get there some four days later. When he arrives on the scene, people are very upset. People are very troubled. People are crying and crying. Obviously, Lazarus was a man that was greatly beloved. And so when Mary and Martha realizes that Jesus had finally come, four days later, now at this point, Lazarus had died, okay? Lazarus is dead some four days later. Jesus comes up and they start saying things like, Lord, if you had been here, which they were kind of indicating that it was too late. How many know that it's never too late for the Lord? So, Lord, if you had been here, my brother Lazarus would have never died. Lord, where were you? We called for you days ago. He's been in the grave now for four days. This thing is over. No hope. It's done. So let's pick it up in verse number 17 in John chapter number 11. So when Jesus came, he found that he had been in the grave, in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, and many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. Verse 21, she began to say, Lord, if you had been here. But look at verse 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now, the Jewish mind, they understood that some point there would be a resurrection at the last day. Which Martha kind of says to him in verse 24, stay with me. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I know that, Lord. I mean, but you know, kind of like today is too late, but I understand that at some point, man, he's going to rise again. But Jesus said to her this in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. Now let's work with that for a moment. Jesus don't have to try to pray for the resurrection. Jesus doesn't have to go and study the Hebrew and the Greek to understand what resurrection is. Y'all tracking with me? Jesus don't have to go into a school, to a college, to a seminary, and perhaps study how to raise somebody from the dead. Jesus don't need to sit around people and get counsel on how to raise somebody from the dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. In other words, whenever I show up stuff, get up. The word resurrection comes from me, I coined the phrase. In other words, Jesus was saying this, the whole power to restore, Impart and maintain life resides in me. So when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, how many you know that death and life can't occupy the same space? When Jesus show up, when Jesus reigns, how many you know stuff start getting out of the way? He's life. See if he hung out of the graveyard, that would be a problem because everybody had to get up, because he is life. Yes. Wherever Jesus reigns. He is life. He said, I am the resurrection. I am it. I am. In fact, I looked it up in Webster to see what resurrection was. They said the rising of Jesus from the dead. Even Webster even know that. I tell people all the time, I believe Webster was a believer. I believe that guy loved the Lord. Jesus said, I am the resurrection life. So when we talk about the concept of resurrection, then we begin to understand that Jesus was saying that I am, as a God man, I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it up whenever I want to. I don't have to ask anybody. I don't have to get any questions. I don't have to get counsel because when I show up, I'm resurrection. What does resurrection mean? you want to know who resurrection is? Jesus was saying, it is me. And Martha was saying, thinking, well, I know, I know, down the road. Jesus no, 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 you missed this one central thought. Dear, I'm paraphrasing, I'm here. <laughs> so, so because I'm here, I'm, I'm ready to do this right now. How me you know that God is ready to do something in your life right now? Some of you got some debt. How me you know, some of you, many of us, all of us, we were, we were dead in trespasses and sin, and God just came and decided to breathe on you, and you came to life. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. So Martha, do you believe this? And just in case she had any doubt, we discover, and I don't have time to read it, that Jesus, Lazarus now is in the grave four days. And all of the controversies surrounding him because Jesus now, is, he's making these statements, I'm the resurrection and the life. And, and how many know that, that Jesus knows what he's going to do? He knew Lazarus was in that grave for four days. He said, do me a favor, remove the stone. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Jesus. You don't understand. Uh, Lazarus has been dead for four days. Do you know what kind of smell that's going to come out of that? How me know that many of us smell pretty bad before we came into the kingdom? Thank God he tolerated our smell. Thank God he still does tolerate our smell. So if the smell doesn't bother him, roll away the stone. I'm about to fix this. I'm about to turn this thing around. I'm about to do something. Didn't I not tell you that if you believe, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. So he calls out to Lazarus, who's been dead for days. Lazarus, come forth. And all of a sudden, Lazarus, bound, grave clothes and everything. Lazarus, come forth, and everybody was like, (gasps) Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Jesus raised a man from the dead after being, it's like God was saying through Christ that I want to make sure he's dead. That's why I'm waiting four days. So that when I show up, I'm going to do the impossible. How many know we serve an impossible God? I don't know what you're going through this morning, but you need to know that you serve the God of the resurrection. Yes, yes. I don't know what you're experiencing, but he knows how to raise the dead if you will believe. And you would think, I mean, I'm thinking to myself, if I was there, how many of you ever read the Bible you kind of think, man, if I was there, if I was there, it'd be different. I would have responded totally different. Yeah, well, we don't know about that. That's why God has you in this time and not that time, eh? So you don't know what you would have done. But I want to be cocky this morning and say that if I were there, I probably would have said something to the effect. Game changer, whatever doubt I had about Jesus at that point, whatever doubt I had about his claims, whatever I heard other people say about him, when the old boy Lazarus got up from the grave after being dead for four days, game changer, game over, Jesus, what do you want me to do? That's it. Man, you just made the brother from a I don't care what y'all Pharisees said. I know y'all have been studying. I know you know the Greek, the Hebrew. I know you know the Torah. I know you study. I know you're the leaders. But you guys don't got this kind of power. I've never seen anything like this. Game changer, game over. Jesus, let's go. <laughs> now, look at verse number 45. Now, there was a plot to kill him. You you would think now. You would think that at this moment. Then many other Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things that Jesus did, believed in him. See, that'd be me. I'd be one of those. I'd be like, yeah, that's me. I would like to think. But, everybody say but. But. You always got the skeptics, don't you? But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. In other words, they looked right at a miracle in their faces, they saw it. And instead of rejoicing and embracing the reality of what Jesus the Messiah just did, they ran to tell the Pharisees because they knew that the Pharisees had one agenda for Jesus, kill him, get rid of him because Everybody is following after him. The whole world is going after him. And the Pharisee, the Bible says in one place, that, that Jesus was delivered up because of envy. <laughs> because they didn't have that kind of power. So who do you think you are coming in? And so they wanted him out. Look what they say. But some went away and they told the Pharisees, y'all, y'all, I'm telling y'all right now, Jesus, y'all, y'all better come up with something real quick because I mean, he, he took this thing to another level. Verse 47, but then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, what shall we do? Now look at this. This is amazing. For this man works many signs. Do you hear that? They are confessing that this man Jesus do stuff that no other man have ever done. But you see how that you can be so obstinate in your sin? that you can't even see the reality of what's before you. You can be so deep in your own theology, in your own way of doing things, that that you can get so hung up that when truth stares you right in the face, you won't believe it. People today, they know the truth. Why do you think they get offended when you say Jesus? They know the truth. But they do everything to try to say, no, 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 no. he's not really that. He's just a man. Because if I can think he's just a man, he's just another person, then I have an option whether or not I really want to embrace him. But when you start talking about he's on the resurrection and the life, and he starts raising people from the dead, game changer. I got to be confronted with this. I got to deal with the reality that this man is who he says he is. They run, and the Pharisees now, they want to think of a plot. Now, you know it gets worse. Jump on over with me to Matthew chapter 28. Let's kind of fast forward a little bit. Matthew chapter 28. Because at this point, Jesus rose from the dead. This is where we're picking it up at here. Matthew chapter 28. Verses 11 through 15. Get there, you can say amen. Amen. This is after Jesus had risen from the dead, like he said he would. How many know Jesus always does what he says? (laughs) He says, I go to prepare a place for you. I'm coming back. How many of you want him to come back? Uh, He's coming back. I'm looking for him to crack the sky any minute, and are you ready? You better be ready. Because Jesus don't know how to lie. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's right, brother. Preach with me. Now, while they were going, now, this is the soldiers. Listen to this. This is the soldiers. While they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened. Hey, chief priest, hey, hey, I need to let you know something else. Um, you know, uh, we have set a guard. Pilate, what he did was right before they crucified Jesus, but Jesus had said, if you can look at the, you don't have to turn there, but just write it down. Matthew 27, 64, the religious leaders had went to Pilate and said, this, this, this is the word they used, that deceiver. They called him a deceiver. <laughs> Ain't there something? They called Jesus a deceiver. So that deceiver said that When he dies, he's going to come back up out of the grave. So do us a favor. Can you please put some guards at the tomb to make sure, (laughs) to make sure that Jesus, that nobody comes and steals the body and and that, that he stays there. That's what the guards were tasked with doing. And if the soldiers did not fulfill their mandate, if somehow Jesus escaped, then the soldiers would be killed. So how many know this is what I call high alert. If you got that night shift, you ain't going to sleep on that night. That's one night I'm not going to sleep. You don't have a problem trying to stay awake on that night because you know if you fall asleep and Jesus ain't around, you're dead. So you know that the soldiers, they were there, they were watching. But how many know you can't hold deity down? You can't hold down resurrection power. You can't hold down the son of God. You can't hold him down. No matter what you do, you can't hold him down. You can try to suppress him. You can try to act like he don't exist. But the harder you try, the more you realize that you afflict them and you afflict the people of God, they grew. You know the children of Israel, the more they got afflicted, they just kept multiplying under Pharaoh. They kept afflicting them, kept beating them. They just kept multiplying. Oh, we're going to silence them Christians. We're going to keep them quiet. You can't keep us quiet. You can do it. You can listen, you but give it up. You can't hold glory down. You can't. Let me tell you something. We are here to stay because the Bible says that the earth is the Lord. And the fullness. And then he also said that the meek shall inherit the earth. I own this. With you. We own this thing. I mean. This is a marvelous thing. We have eternal life. We have an inheritance that will never, ever fade away. So let's go back to our story. Y'all got me all off track. Here's the problem. Bri- now, now they go to the fact, to the point of bribing. Bribing, bribery. Now look at verse number 11 in chapter 28 of Matthew. Now when, while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened concerning Jesus' resurrection. Now, this thing has gotten worse. You see, the more you try to hold him down, the worse he gets. <laughs> when they had assembled with the elders, now these, now listen to this, elders, these are religious people, and consulted together, they gave them a large sum of money to the soldiers. Now, there was corruption in the priesthood then. Saying to them, his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept let me go back because i need to read that a little bit more carefully so you can make sure we get what he's saying when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together they gave them a large sum of money in other words we're going to give you some money to keep your mouth shut gave a large sum of money to the soldiers saying tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept this is a story they wanted to tell because when they looked in there, he was gone. <laughs> he was absent. So now we got to make up a story because we cannot have this thing go on. And, if, and then here's what the religious leader says, said. They said this, and if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. In other words, we'll make, we'll make sure that if you promote this lie, we'll make sure that the governor, that they don't kill you. We're going to pay you off. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. So here it is. But now we get into a point that we're gonna make up a story because we can't account for the body because as Jesus said, I I won't be here. I'm gonna get up from the grave and he did. And instead of realizing, recognizing that he's the son of God, let's make up a story. Let's make up a story. Let's tell everybody that this thing is just a hoax. And how many know that there's some folks still trying to do that today? But it's it's, it's amazing because it's like millions, if not billions, of people keep going to an empty grave every year in Israel. You ever notice that? It's like the whole earth since that time, uh, millions, if not billions, are praising and worshiping Jesus. Did you not understand that? It's like even to the day on this Sunday morning, we come and we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I will say to you that they didn't have enough money to keep this story. They couldn't pay enough. They wasted their money because you can't hold down the glory of God. But here's the interesting thing. We talk about the resurrection. Why that was so important? Jesus' work would have been incomplete had he not got up from the grave. Incomplete. And believe it or not, there were some people even in the church that were, the churches that Paul was planning, that were questioning the validity of the resurrection. Do you, can you believe the people in the church? Do you know there are people in the church that go to the church that questions the validity of the resurrection. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Go there with me. Look at verse number 1. We'll read a a few verses here. Verse number 1 and 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When you get there, say amen. Amen. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you. This is Paul talking. The gospel which I preached to you, here's what Paul preached, which also you received and in which you stand. In other words, Paul said, this is what you receive and this is how you live. This is the same gospel that you stand on. This is the truth that you proclaim to all the world, by which also you are saved. He said, here's how you're saved. If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I deliver to you first of all that which I also receive that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Now Paul doesn't leave it there. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures and that he was seen by Cephas by the 12. And after that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep or died. So Paul was saying to the Corinthian church, he says, here's what I want you to understand. You got to get this. He says, the gospel that I preached, every time Paul preached the gospel, he always preached Christ's death, burial and resurrection. You see, every time he preached the gospel, he always preached it that way something happened within the church. And look at verse number 12 in 1 Corinthians. Now, if Christ is preached, which you are supposed to be preaching as well, that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? Now, understand what was taking place. There were some people that were in the church. How many you know church people ought to know better? There were people in the church who were saying, uh, I don't know if Jesus really got up from the grave. I, you know, I, 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 I've heard that, but, you know, I, I got some questions about that. Uh, how many know that if you want to know that you know that you're saved, you can't be wrestling with resurrection? The church was confused, and Paul had to set the record straight. And Paul go through some great extremes to demonstrate the importance of the resurrection. And and, and you must understand the part of the cry out there today is to try to keep Jesus dead. The enemy knows what he wants to do. I mean, he's not dead, but he wants people to think that. Paul said it this way. Look at this. He says, now, if Christ is preached that he's been raised from the dead, how do some among you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But, verse 13, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your preaching is empty and your faith also is empty. In other words, every miracle Jesus did, he fed the 5,000. He walked on water. He healed people that had leprosy. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He did a crazy and amazing things, but if he did not rise from the dead, it meant nothing. It was futile. It was a good show, but it meant nothing. It changed nothing about my sin. He says, Paul said, your faith was empty. It means nothing if Christ did not get up from the grave. And don't you ever let somebody try to uh, to demean the fact or try to devalue the resurrection of Christ, because the resurrection of Christ separates Christianity from every other religion. Think about it. Every religion on the planet, the one thing that separates Christians from everything else is the fact that Jesus got up out of that grave. uh, On his own. (laughs) See, all the other fake. Gods, I call them, and I can say that robustly because I believe that. I've been touched by his resurrection power. Now all of them are dead, but Jesus got up from the grave. The grave could not hold him. And because of the fact that he got up from the grave, we can boldly proclaim that Jesus is the way. And and, and it is amazing because, because God, Solidify this in such a way that there could be no question. Jesus even said to them, he says, if you don't believe me in what I say, if you don't believe what I say, then look at the works that I do. Look at the miracles that I perform. Look at the fact that I got up from the grave and understand that I am who I say that I am. He says, Paul goes on to say, yes, in verse 15, And we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ whom he did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ has not risen. And if Christ is not risen, your faith is fetal and you are still in your sins. The reason why Jesus had to get up from that grave is he had to pay your sin debt. If Jesus did not get up from the grave, you are still in your sin. We all are. We are still destined for the same thing that we were destined before he came. So you get a picture of how important the resurrection is. Amen. The thing that we celebrate most is that I've been set free from sin. The price has been paid. When Jesus got up, that's why he said, look, he said it was finished, meaning that he, he, he put sin to death. But how many know that it was solidified when he got up? (laughs) It was solidified when he got up that he is the son of God. Verse 17, and if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Many of us have loved ones that we love. And because of the fact that Jesus rose again from the dead and gave us this eternal promise, We look forward to seeing our loved ones again. Some of you got mothers, you have grandmothers, sons and daughters. If they died in Jesus, they are (laughs) a-okay. Because Jesus got up from the grave. See, so this is the urgency of our message. This is why we must preach to a lost, to a lost and dying world because, because we, we understand that, that if, if, if people ask you to get, up, can get open to the truth of the gospel, that they can live forever. And, and, and Paul said, because Jesus rose again from the dead, those who perish, we're going to see them again. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Just the last verse we're going to look at, and then we're done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. There were some people in the church that was taught some bad doctrine, amen? How many know that still happens? Bad doctrine, bad information. That's why we in our church, we like for our people to study to show themselves approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Because there's a lot of deception out there, amen? There's a lot of people saying a lot of crazy stuff. So you gotta know what you believe and believe what you know. You have to be able to stand firm And know that you are secure in Christ. But look at this. So in Thessalonians, in closing, Thessalonians, some information had passed that those who had died, that somehow that they were forgotten about. They all knew that there was going to be a resurrection coming, but they thought what somebody was thinking, well, what about the ones that that, that, that died? They're not going to experience this resurrection. I mean, what's going to happen with them? What's going to happen with my mother? What's going to happen with my brother? What's going to happen with them? I need to know. How many of you want to know, how many of you got loved ones that you've lost? We all do, right? Amen. Lost in Jesus. Slept in Jesus. Not lost, but they died in Jesus is what I meant to say. How many of you got loved ones that died in Jesus? How many of you are looking forward to seeing them again? Amen. I don't know about you, but I got a few folks that I'm anxious to see. I can't wait to sit down with Brother Abraham and Brother David, Prophet Jeremiah, Paul, Peter, all of them sit down with Solomon and say, Solomon, tell me about the wisdom, brother. Tell me about how God bless you. That was amazing what I read about you, man. We're gonna see him all again. Amen. Because he's the God of the living, not a God of the dead. Yeah. Do you understand that? Do you believe this? Yes. Do you believe this? Yes. But I do not want you to be ignorant. How many know God don't want his children to be ignorant? Ignorance is a terrible thing. Run from it. Run from ignorance. Learn to read. Some of you, listen, cut the TV off and read. Educate yourself. The Bible says that my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. The people of God ought to be the smartest people on the planet. Because you are eternity. And Jesus said, whatever I, my father made known to me, I make known to you. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep. In other words, died. That's the same terminology he's using symbolically to express death. I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. See, there's one thing, to sorrow. See, See, when people are saved, you know, and I got to use this example because this is the last funeral I went to. But, you know, I went to Brother Edwin's mother's funeral. And and one thing I know, 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 never met the woman, but that woman would love the Lord. And let me tell you something. There were no, no, there were nobody over there like, oh, they're screaming. They're like, what? those, Those people were celebrating. Because, see, when the world, when the world, when people who don't know Jesus, when, those, when their loved ones die, they have no clue. But we don't sorrow as the world who have no hope. I'm sad because you're leaving, but I'm rejoicing on the inside because I know you're all right. And I know I'm going to see you again. Because you died in Jesus. And Jesus made me a promise. He made me a promise. I said he made me a promise, and he's not going to lie about it. Brother, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to forget this one thing concerning those who have died, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Don't cry like everybody else. Cry, but cry with hope. There's a difference. There's a difference between crying and crying with hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, how many of you believe it? Raise your hand. How many of you believe it? Say amen. Amen. Even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus for this we say to you by the word of the lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the lord will by by no means proceed those who are asleep in other words those who died in jesus they're going to experience a full resurrection power they ain't going to miss out on none listen they're not going to be in the back row they're going to be in the front he said because god's going to bring them first i don't know about you but but I, I'm like, you know, every now and then I'm driving down the road, I'll just kind of imagine just being caught up. <laughs> just snatched. And if you're standing back saying, where Pastor Bailey is, you're in trouble. <laughs> you got to ask that question. You're like, what? why are you asking the question, man? Where about that? <laughs> it's serious business. Let's be very serious about this. <laughs> That'd be a shame, amen. But how many know hell is real? not a joke we don't go through all this because of the joke this is real this is life he said for we say to you by the word of the Lord those which who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not by no means proceed those who are asleep for the Lord himself everybody say himself, himself. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! he said the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout oh my god and it's gonna be a shout then you're going to have to try to figure out what that noise is. <laughs> if you know him, you'll know what that is. You're going to have to ask any questions. For the Lord himself would descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ, boom, going to rise. Jesus says, I'm the resurrection and the life. They're going to rise. Now watch this. They're going to rise first <laughs> in the day it in Christ. So your mom, your dads, and everybody else that you love, they're going to go. They're going to rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Everybody say caught up. Caught up. Uh, that's the same term that you hear the term rapture comes from. That's what it means. You never see the word rapture, but that's what it means to be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Come on, somebody. United Airlines ain't got nothing on this. Delta ain't got nothing on this. Come on, somebody. Boeing 757 ain't got, this is going to be a party only reserved for those who know him. This is going to be a party in the air. I don't know what it's going to be like, but he says very clearly that then we who are alive remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. Therefore, comfort one another. What you have said about today. Do you not know that if you love him, that he's coming back for you? And you know he can come back at any minute. Thank you, brother. He can come back at any minute. Wasn't that obvious? <laughs> Amen. He can come back at any minute. And my whole attitude is, even so, come Lord Jesus. I mean, I just can't imagine what this is going to be like when all the saints of God are going to meet him in the air and we're going to worship him together. No more death, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more struggling, trying to pay your bills. No more battling your sick body. No more tears except for the ones of joy. And I don't even know if tears of joy is going to be there. We're just going to be joyful. For the former things would have passed away. Behold, all things are new. This is the inheritance of the saints. First Corinthians 15, and we're done. Just write this verse down. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, <laughs> Talking about our body. And this mortal has put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, grave, where is your victory? How many know victory is in Jesus? Amen? Yeah. Come on, give Jesus a praise. <laughs> the resurrection... As the praise team comes, the resurrection for us is the cornerstone of our faith. It means everything. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you're here this morning, and we never want to close the service without giving everyone in here an opportunity... You just heard this morning a truth that is life-changing. Perhaps you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. Let Let me say this. If Jesus was to come back today, would you be one of those who would be caught up to meet him in the air? Or would you be left to eternal destruction? Jesus died so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. Yes. You say, Pastor, I really don't know. I don't know, Pastor, what, what will happen to me. I, I don't know. I, I want to know. Today you can know. You can know today that you will have eternal life. Yes. You can know it right now. Yes. I want to see you on the other side. Yes. This is for young people, old alike. I don't care who you are. But your salvation is important if you say pastor I really don't know I don't know where I'll be I don't I don't know if I don't, I don't know that if I die today that I will spend eternity with them if that's you this morning please slip your hand up I want to pray with you please don't leave this room don't leave this building without knowing that you're going to experience resurrection You don't know
2: is there one? Pastor, I want to know. I want to know. I love it.
1: Maybe you here this morning.
2: There's some things in your life.
1: You've been turned upside down and you need Jesus to bring life where death is
2: reigning. If you want to say, Pastor, I need prayer right now.
1: I want to pray with you. Just to lift your hand up.
2: I want to pray with
1: you. I, know. I see that hand. Is there another? Say, I just need some life. I got some dead spots in my life. I need, I need Christ to come and bring rain life. Is there, is, is there another? Thing? You know the Lord, but, but you got some things. You need that resurrection power. It's available to
2: you.
1: Will you raise your hand and speak after me? Lord Jesus. Lord, cleanse my house, Lord, cleanse my mind, Lord, restore unto me everything the devil is trying to take, set me free this morning Lord, I call on you, Father God, in the name of Jesus, rise up,
2: rise up Son of God,
1: and take your rightful place, into every area of my life. For you are the resurrection and the life. I believe you today. I embrace you In Jesus' name. At this point in the
2: show,
1: we're just going to sing. We're going to
2: try to
1: have another five minutes and we'll be done. Excellent time for communion this morning. Paul said in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, communion is a very sacred thing, communion is for believers only, so we want to take communion, Jesus says, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me until I come back, show my death. until I come back, he is coming back, so we want to celebrate that today. So before we take communion at the Lord's table, just take a moment and examine your heart. If there's any sin that you need to confess, anything at all, confess it, and then we'll take the Lord's supper together, and then we'll send the way. Let's take a moment and examine our hearts. and uh, serve yourself here at the table, come back to your chairs, and then we'll take a minute together. So we'll start with this side over here. If I can have everybody to stand, please. <laughs> for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Father, as we celebrate, we realize, Lord, that your body was whipped, it was bruised, it was beaten, so that we could have life. we thank you so much that we've been made whole, but by your stripes we are healed. So, Lord, we remember that moment We remember that sacrifice with great gratitude. We say we love you. We love you so much. Thank you. Shall we eat together? In the same manner, he also took the cup. After supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death and he comes. thank you for your blood jesus thank you for your blood thank you for your resurrection thank you for the blood that washed us of every sin god We are covered today by your blood, never to die, but to live forever with you. We have been made whole by the blood of Jesus, which will never be still. God, we thank you so much. We love you with everything that is in our hearts. Shall we drink together? Come on, give God a praise if you can. It's kind of hard to clap with those cups, I understand that. Yeah. Amen.
2: Amen. Before, we,
1: before we close, I, had, uh, I was just informed our brother, Will, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, brother Will, I believe it was your brother that was sick, had cancer or something. They thought they'd found cancer or something. Um, but he went back in and do some follow up tests, and they can't find anything.
0: Amen. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Yeah. God is good. The prayers of the righteous avail us much. Amen? Yeah. Amen. 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 Are you happy in the Lord? Yeah. Yes. Come and give God a praise. Yes. yes. Amen.
2: Hallelujah.
1: And. Normally, we would have been out of here about 20 minutes ago, but this is Resurrection Sunday. And and, uh, the praise team want to just send us out with a nice song. Brother Jacobs will close us out in prayer, and we'll be done. Amen? Amen. 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 It's Resurrection Sunday, and we have been
3: delivered. The power of God. Hallelujah. This is a song we're working on. But we're going to believe God that, you know what? He's going to do something great. Join in with us, join in with us. There is power. Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain, Woo-hoo! to break every chain, to break every chain, to break every chain. Come on, Timson. There is power in the name of Jesus. Whoa. Break every chain, break every chain. Oh, oh break every chain to so break every chain, break every chain. chain. They said there is power. There is power. Come on, in the name of Jesus. Come on, you declare it. There is power in. There is power, there is power in the name In the name of Jesus. We don't know where it is to break every chain, break every chain, to oh. break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Come on, say to break every break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There's an army rising
2: up There's an army
3: Hallelujah. rising up How many of you know we are an army of God? <laughs> There's an army
0: rising up yeah.
2: To break every chain